welcome to 529 Podcast. This is your host, Robert Immler, and our lovely co-host, Simone. Hey, it's me, Simone, from the internet again. <laughs> we love doing this, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we just love introducing ourselves. Yeah. The highlight, the highlight of the podcast. Yeah, always the most fun part where we're like, what do we say in the beginning? Who knows? Nobody knows. But with us today, we have our lovely guest, Amber Delise. I hope I'm, I think I'm saying that right, right? I, I wrote it you down. You are. Or you can just say Amber from the internet as well. Amber from the works. internet. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have any other Ambers on now. No. Yeah. <laughs> so Amber, uh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I know it was a Thank little bit uh, hectic kind of getting set up and getting going, but you're here now, so that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I I didn't know you at all until uh, we, we uh, first, I, well, Simone actually was our contact with you and I had never uh, seen or heard of you before. And I'm glad I did because now we have you <laughs> on and um, we can talk a little bit about uh, just what you do as a worker. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your, like maybe your background and um, what is that you currently do in the industry? Yes. Um, so I've been in and out of sex work for, yes, gosh, like 12 years now. Um, I started as a dancer and then was on and off, uh, arrangement sites, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Um, and then I decided to dive into being a companion in, I think it was the end of 2017. Um, and it felt like a world that I had been looking for and, um, finally found, and so, um, yeah, I do, um, full service sex work and I am based in Colorado and my, um, this has been sort of seeded into my intentions, but I think I've kind of finally figured out how to really weave it into my relationships, but I really, really love having, um, pretty, um, extended dates, like 48 hours, 72 hour dates and like working with a client in the realms of like emotional connection, intimacy and, um, and designing experiences for them. So with make like booking longer appointments, um, how would you, how do you encourage that during COVID conditions? Um, just cause it's obviously, um, very difficult to, you know, book with somebody, um, you know, with all the uncertainty around that. So what would you say is like, how are you adjusting to that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel really lucky to have had, um, like a small circle of regulars before COVID hit. Um, and so like what's been, I mean, I, I didn't work from like March through May, um, in person at all and just did virtual, um, like a lot of us. But, um, when I started working again, I, I it was almost like COVID is never a good thing, but it, the fact that this pandemic exists, um, helped facilitate longer dates in that it would be like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm able to accept this, you know, three day date as my only income potentially for the entire month, you know, which is great. And mm -hmm. then I'm able to like quarantine for however long or, um, you know, get tested. And so is my client. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of, it kind of ended up being this like build up to like all the things we could create together in like a three day kind of container or like a two day container. So yeah, it almost ended up making my work a lot more infrequent, but just more like, like very intense and deep over that period of time. Yeah. I feel like actually COVID has almost improved the conditions for longer appointments because 
it's less like if you're going to take the risk to book someone, you might as well like get as much, I guess, Mm -hmm. time out of it. Like why take that risk for one hour of your life and potentially your health? Why not just go ahead and have it actually be more of a contained space? So I I think I've seen, I mean, I wish that I had a proliferation of 48 or 72 hour dates, but um, for me, a longer appointment is more like several hours. And I feel like I'm getting more willingness for people to go that route as opposed to maybe they would usually do one hour. Now they're more open to doing, you know, two or three or four hours because it is a bigger risk. And also, I mean, yeah, it's bigger risk on both sides. I don't want to risk my life for one hour, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. like yeah. potentially my life. So I don't think they want to either. So, <laughs> right. Well, you'd be surprised. Yeah. There are definitely um, people out there <laughs> who are still, are still like, can I, can I see you today for one hour? Uh, no, no, you can't. <laughs> I'm so sorry, right. but I'm not that sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so actually I had, I, yeah. I, something just occurred to me. Um, what is the longest date that both of you have been on? Mm, for me, it's just 72 hours. Yeah. It's pretty long. Yeah. It, yeah. It's long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What about you, Simone? I think six. I think six. Yeah. I've, I've yet to do an overnight. I would like to, but I also, I've heard a lot of different takes on what those are actually like, um, in terms of energetic expenditure, uh, mm-hmm. and then how to recuperate, which I think is, really valid, not just in terms of work, but like me spending 24 hours or overnight with anyone is going to require me recuperating alone. So it makes total sense that people have a lot of boundaries around, you know, oh, I need a certain amount of time after a 24 hour date to recuperate. I don't want to work yeah, in you know, the exact the day after. Or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess yeah. like when you put it like that, you know, then you Typically, I mean, I imagine a 72 hour date would be just like a marathon emotionally as well as physically. Uh, mm. How was yeah, it? I feel, I feel, I feel really strongly about this subject. Um, because I, I just get to practice my boundaries like mm. constantly. And, um, you know, as you were saying, Simone, like taking time during the date and like I take like two to three hours each day to myself. And, you know, and obviously it's for me, but it really is also like for the client too, in terms of like, if I take this space, like, trust me, you'll get a much happier and present Amber, <laughs> like when yeah. I come back. Um, and it's really true. Yeah. And then I, I heard you say, I think Rara, like a marathon. And I think something that's interesting when it comes to longer bookings and COVID is like, now there's not a lot of, you know, depending on where you are in, in the world or in our country, like there's not a lot of activities to go do, like in the same way where we used to be able to like go to a show or go to a museum or like that might not be available depending on, you know, what's open in your city. Yeah. So I think, you know, I've had to be a lot more creative in designing things for the two or, you know, however, like the three of us or the two of us, if it's a client or a couple in the space of our booking. And uh, yeah, that's been pretty fascinating. I just would, I would suggest puzzles. I would just be like, do you want to? <laughs> that would actually be a really good idea. Cause I've, I've experienced the same um, struggles. Cause I, 
since pre-COVID, any date, three or more hours, I've required like time outside the space and a meal. I need to go outside. But it's harder as it gets colder. And also, I'm still not comfortable dining indoors at all. And outdoor dining in the Pacific Northwest in the winter uh, <laughs> is not super comfortable all the time, especially because a regular heated outdoor patio is not the same as a COVID regulation heated outdoor patio. So they're not allowed mm-hmm. to have like the more efficient warming lamps and whatnot. They can't use, I guess, kerosene. They have to use electric. It's just not as efficient. They have to keep parts of the patio open. And so now I'm like, okay, well, we have three or four hours together. What are we going to do? I'm totally happy to do take out indoors and have a meal that way. Um, but what else are we going to do to occupy our time? And uh, look, luckily for me, I just love to talk. I could just sit and look you in the eyes and talk to you for six hours straight. But I don't <laughs> think that's true for every single person. So thinking of uh, activities is definitely like part of the challenge these days. I think it depends on the client too, because I've definitely, um, you know, as a dancer met, people in the club where I can just talk and talk and talk and talk. And I'm not necessarily making the most money, but I am being entertained myself as well. But then you get people that are, it's just like pulling teeth where you really are doing all of the heavy lifting conversationally and it just drags out the interaction so much. Um, So Amber, what are some techniques that you, uh, that you use on some shyer clients to kind of get them to open up a little bit more? Yeah. So my civilian work, which I haven't gotten to do a lot of in 2020 because of COVID, um, is based around, uh, curating experiences for people. So, um, so that's an excellent question. Um, I would say that Shire clients, I, I think I might not have a lot of Shire clients, but I do have clients who maybe aren't used to talking with people at the like emotional level that I want to talk to people at. Um, so I, okay. So I have, um, a game that I sometimes play, like, especially if we're, you know, in, and it's like a, a three hour or four hour date or something, um, you know, after lunch and it's actually a Jenga game, but on each block, I've actually, I've written questions, self-inquiry, inquiry questions. And so, yeah, it's kind of similar to, I'm sure you've maybe seen like, there's like decks of cards that have questions on them and you can kind of like pass them back and forth. And, but what I like about this, um, Jenga game, which of course I'm biased towards is that there's also a progression. So it's like, you know, when will the Jenga set fall, whatever, but like you're, um, you're playing like an actual game, but you're also getting to, um, getting to know someone. So I have, I have a couple versions. I made a personal version for like me and my friends. And, um, and then I was like, this is actually really great. I'm going to make like a client version of it. And like the difference is mainly just like, you know, I'm probably not going to ask about your deepest childhood wound on a first date. Um, you know, I might on the second date, but like, you know, it's like a little bit. What's the most (laughs) thing that's ever happened to you? Exactly. Just set the scene. (laughs) Yes. I'm dying because I I realized like at some point earlier this year that I have a habit of somehow bringing up death on first dates with clients a lot. They love it. It's so weird. I'm always like, I'm so sorry. I just went so dark so fast. And they're like, no, let's get into it. Let's talk about what happens after you die. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is this is sexy now. Okay, cool. (laughs) I have the misfortune of just having one of those faces where people just share their most disturbing, intimate thoughts with me. (laughs) And I really don't have a choice in the 
matters. So I've just the other day I was at the club and I was talking to somebody and they had just lost their ex-wife basically. And I, I didn't ask them about it at all. I was just like chatting and they were just like, yeah, yeah. So my ex-wife died and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) My, my titties are out. Does that help? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, I was just kind of like hanging on him, you know, and uh, (laughs) trying to get dances out of it. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And I had to like draw it all the way back. Yeah. So, I really want to know. Uh, I want to know about these questions on these Django blocks. Yes. Mm, I know, I'm like, they're in the other room. Like I should get some. Um, but I love, I specifically love questions that have movement in them. So one of my favorite questions is like, what are you redefining right now? And mm. so then, you know, when I ask something like that, it's like, I can hopefully get the answer of like, what is something that's stagnant in your life right now or, or growing stale. And then where, where, what are you doing to like transition um, into a new space of either like aliveness or, or death or um, something like that. Yeah. And then I find, you know, if clients want to open up to, um, you know, to, to, I've had people like burst into tears on like, like a first date and then Aww. also still with me again. So um, I burst into tears on first dates, uh, you, you know, and yeah, it's just, I think I like, allowing the space to facilitate like those conversations, but also maybe not, you know, like making it the first question, um, you know, <laughs> what is your childhood wound? So yeah, <laughs> but that's so much of our job, right. Is, is being yeah. this, um, yeah, I don't like to say like therapist, but yeah, just being like in, in counsel and, um, like being here for our clients. Yeah. It's like a, it's a container mm-hmm. where you can explore things you might not explore in a, regular interpersonal situation, which can be really rewarding, I think, on both ends. So, uh, so Amber, for you, which came first, the provider or the consultant, I guess, as it were? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess I would say provider, maybe. I feel like they kind of grew concurrently. And then I realized like how how similar it is to like curate an experience for someone like not in a sexual capacity and then have it come into our, our realms of intimacy and connection. Like they're, they're very similar. Um, and then I was like, Oh, this is, this is the work that I'm, I'm meant to do in the world just in, in different ways. But yeah, I guess to answer your question, I might say provider, but I feel like I also didn't realize that um, this type of work was possible in civilian world um, until I started looking into it more in like maybe like 2018 or so. And then I was like, oh, there's like a small group of weirdos also doing this um, and doing it on like an entrepreneurial basis. So you talked a little bit about, you know, exercising your boundaries a lot with these longer dates. Can you can you go into like a little bit more detail about how you kind of separate your civilian career from your sex work? Because I know for a lot of sex workers that is a lot of in-person sex workers that can be very difficult to do. And especially because your field is so related. I mean, so emotionally relatable to sex work. Mm. So like, how do I separate the two? basically? Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. How do you personally kind of um, find the mental and emotional space to separate the two? You know, I don't really know how to answer that because I think also um, just with the special uh, global pandemic year that we've had, I haven't gotten to do a lot of uh, creation of experiences in my civilian life. And so I've made, I've mainly been, been Amber for, for my work. And so I think I've then allowed Amber to be a, a palette 
and space for me to develop more ideas and in, in how to grow my like separate entrepreneurial business. Yeah. And I, um, I'm happy to give an example, especially an example that relates to like longer dates. If you, if you're interested. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess like when I think of a 72 hour date, I think, um, do you find it hard to keep pers- like really personal details that you, yourself, you know, because I feel like that level of intimacy over 72 hours, I feel like a lot can kind of get, I guess the the edges can be blurred and you Mm. yourself might feel more compelled to, um, to be more vulnerable, I guess. And I just wonder, I was just wondering if, have you ever experienced that with long, longer dates where you yourself have felt more vulnerable? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I am like, I, I am. And I, I think I've been a lot of different ways in my career. Like I think I started out and I was like, I'm you know, not telling any personal details, you know, and then I would pendulum swing back to like maybe telling too many and then regretting it or something like that. And so I think somehow I feel, and I feel like this is always something I'm kind of working on and like a journey, but I feel like I'm in a space of like, I can show up as me as like my whole self with boundaries and with an open heart mm-hmm. and be discerning um, in that, which is definitely something I've, I've had to work at. And I think, you know, even clients with the best intentions might try to overstep those boundaries or might ask questions and, you know, they're maybe just curious. Um, and I think just like having the confidence to like reassert that and to know that they're there because they really value me and I am a person who asserts my boundaries. Um, and that, that even in and of itself can be a challenge because sometimes I will go into spaces of like old patterns or old stories of like, you know, I want to be worthy. I want to be liked. I want to be making money like with this person. And I don't want this person to like not book me again, you know? And like, there's all of that. And there's like a a constant, I think like reinforcement. If I am being true to myself, they come back and they want to book me again and they want to book me longer Mm -hmm. and uh, trying to, to stay like aligned with that, I think is, is like the journey that I'm on right now. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question very well, but I'm trying. No, no, you're, you're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree a lot with what Amber was saying. I think a lot of it is just practice. I've totally found myself slipping up and almost revealing a personal detail that I didn't mean to. uh, And it kind of just gets easier with practice. I, I have a vague idea of, what I am willing and not willing to share. Like I'm pretty open about uh, where I grew up and where I lived before Seattle, but I'm not going to go into, you know, the neighborhoods or like the institutions that I attended <laughs> and stuff like that. Like I have a general framework for which of those personal details I'm willing to share. And I also, some of those personal details, the, the boundary is the same for everybody, but there are some clients where the boundary is even harder. Like, oh, this person maybe made me uncomfortable. And so I don't even want to talk about the region of the country I was in before, mm. but this client I'm more comfortable with. So I can talk about that and no one's going to get more than, you know, wherever that line is, but some people are going to get even less if I sense that they really aren't trustworthy. And luckily I have a pretty thorough screening process and a pretty deep sense of intuition. So it's not very often I find myself actually face to face with someone that's making me uncomfortable. That happens so rarely. Um, yeah, a lot of that work comes like pre-meeting someone, I think, uh, to yeah. figure out like where your energetic boundary is going to lie with them. And there are certainly times where I've sensed just by by the way that the email report was going, I'm going to have to have a, a harder boundary with this person. I don't think they're mm. unsafe and I don't feel like I can't see them, but I am going to have to be stronger with certain things. And I don't think I've been wrong yet. So mm. <laughs> that's been really helpful in terms of maintaining, yeah, just that sort of 
you know, I can't share this or I won't share this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is I can't, I cannot maintain lies that are <laughs> like, I'm not gonna be able to keep track of lies. So for me, it's more of just instead of trying to make up stuff and be really like obfuscating stuff, it's more of just, just do not go to the places that you know are going to be hard to talk about, uh, right. truthfully. Um, and stick to the things that can be truthful. And, you know, I can talk about, oh, I went through a, a breakup recently without having to divulge all the details of that breakup. And I can talk truthfully about how that breakup made me feel without talking about all of the weird little really dark parts of that, that like no one really <laughs> needs to know except maybe me and my therapist. <laughs> like yeah. that's a boundary that would exist with anyone. So yeah, yeah I'm terrible about when that. You, <laughs> yeah. um, when you say that, Simone, I actually, um, it made me think of uh, a framework that I learned in, and um, I'm sure you're both maybe familiar with authentic relating. Yeah. Um, so the levels of relating, um, I think this is like, you know, earlier on in, in the study of that is informational, personal and relational. And, um, you know, informational is kind of like, you know, where'd you grow up or what do you do for work or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the chit chat sort of level. And then, you know, going deeper is like personal, of like, you know, what are your opinions on the election or, you know, whatever. <laughs> And then relational, um, not that they're necessarily like a hierarchy, but they mm. kind of are. Um, <laughs> and relational is kind of like, you know, when I say that or when I make this motion or when I tell you about my sexual preferences, like, how do you feel about that? Like, what is, you know, how, how can, um, how can I hear you and, and what is the impact on, like, on you of what I've said? And, and I think that that, that for me is like the level that I like to get to with clients. And at the mm-hmm. same time, it's not informational. And right. so I don't need to be sharing about like my mom or my, you know, my high school or whatever. Um, so I think there's a way to access, um, at least for me, like the, the depth and connection in a way that we really even don't get to a lot of the time in society or like even in some of our friendships or um, something like that. And yeah. Yeah. It's especially, I, yeah. yeah. Sorry. You go ahead. Just, I just totally agree. Like I, like the whole starting with death conversation is, it's so much more interesting than talking about like, where did you live before? And what did you do before this? Like all of that stuff is about me, but it's not really me. I'm more interested in, Oh, what do you think happens when you die? Or what would you like to happen when you die? Or what is your take on some other more philosophical or conceptual situation? Um, And that's also different from politics. I don't love to talk politics just because People are all over the spectrum. Uh, I don't like to talk about it in session. I'm pretty open about my politics on my Twitter and whatnot. But, you know, I'm okay with the idea that not all my clients agree 100% on my politics. And I just prefer not to really bring it up. But there's so much more besides politics and, you know, personal details uh, about a person to get to know them. And I find that the most rewarding appointments are the ones where the conversation really had very little to do with any of those kinds of things at all. It was so much more focused on here's what we find funny. Here's what we find interesting. Here's an interesting book and concept that I was reading. And here's how I'm relating to nature lately. What do you think about that? That's been like a much more rich place to approach a conversation from. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And it tells you about people's like values. 
and, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. uh, emotions. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's funny because I feel like this is one of the bigger differences of like full service work and like stripping is that I sometimes have, I'm not in control at all with the way people approach me because <laughs> I am confined to like a club, right? And dancers are like in general confined to a club with our first interactions with clients. And I like sometimes the conversation starts on that really deep interpersonal level. And then you have to work your way out towards the less personal stuff. Like, because there's people, you know, everyone comes into a strip club, all different kinds of people. But I've definitely had interactions where the first thing people have said to me is something like really intimate and like really in about themselves, just like super personal. And then we had to work out to the just regular chit chat that normal people do. And that's happened to me quite a lot. And I think it's really unpredictable in a club atmosphere. Whereas usually um, when you're escorting and doing full service work, you have like an initial interaction with somebody that's a little bit more predictable, I guess. Um, I think that's interesting. So you were talking about, um, uh, Simone, you were talking about like how you kind of gauge whether you're going to have, have to put up more boundaries and, normal with with people amber i wanted to see like how what are your um like what are your signs that you need to put up those walls too are there is there mm-hmm. any kind of like statement that they make or the way that they write to you and your and their queries or anything like that that kind of tips you off to that absolutely absolutely <laughs> um there if someone if a potential client is um I would say even emailing about any subject that is not about the booking. Like mm. if they're a new client, I will have my, my little like feelers out to even just like shut that down at first and be like, okay, like, you know, like let's just talk about the booking or I, or I might not answer if they're like asking me about, I don't know, books or plants or something. <laughs> Cause I, I feel like for me, I need to feel safe as well in the container of our relationship, me and the clients. And for me to open up and be like the absolute weirdo and goofball that I am, um, um, I need to be able to make sure that my professionalism will be. Um, and so I, when I think of just like the, the handful of, um, dear clients that I, that I have who, who I do spend longer periods of time with, like all of them are incredibly respectful when it comes to my like digital, especially like digital boundaries and, um, you know, my, my timing, my time and like them knowing that they are paying, paying me for, um, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And and I'm not sitting around answering emails all day and, and things like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. The email grind, the DM grind <laughs> is absolutely the worst part of, of being a sex worker, I mm-hmm. think, is just fielding so many ridiculous questions and uh, and then finding out that you've answered all these questions and someone's just wasting your time and they don't really care. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I feel like uh, so. I'm, I'm very curious, um, and I guess this is a question for both of you because we've been talking about very serious emotional work and, uh, <laughs> a very serious aspect. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's funny because you've, you're very comfortable with that. And I feel like me and Simone are a little bit more uncomfortable because we're way, we're really goofy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, ooh, yes, deep thoughts. Yeah. I don't have those. Um, <laughs> my brain is so smooth. Oh, yeah. So smooth. My brain, I have no wrinkles on my brain. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, 
but, but yeah, like these are, these are very like emotionally impactful questions that we're asking. So I do want to like, okay, let's bring it back to a fun one. Um, what was <laughs> your most fun date that you were ever on? Oh gosh. I still feel like it's a little bit deep, but it, it's still fun <laughs> too. I promise. Um, okay. So, um, one of my favorite clients we were doing, and this is during COVID. So we were doing like a, a two day in the mountains. And I, I remember like, so he and I normally, and he totally wouldn't mind me sharing this, by the way, like mm. he and I normally go, go like nuts with like food and wine and, and bouncing around cities. And like, we barely even have like time to ourselves, like in the room. And I always have to like remind him like, Hey, um, <laughs> let's also <laughs> make time for intimacy. Um, and, but then I was like, okay, we're going to this small mountain town. Um, what are we going to do? You know? And then when like fear starts talking, I'm like, what if he's bored? Um, and then I was like, okay, no, like I'm going to like make an experience and I hope he's, he's into it. And so mm-hmm. I brought this, um, this card deck that I have, um, called, uh, archetype cards by, uh, Carolyn miss. And it's basically just a deck of different archetypes. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, the whore, the teacher, the, you know, the, the mother, the father, the, you know, um, engineer, and, uh, and then it, it talks about the, um, the light and shadow attributes of, of those archetypes. So I brought that with me and I was like, we're going to play a game. I don't, don't know what the game's going to be. Um, and then I remember we, um, we had dinner and I decided that we should pick two cards from this deck and mm-hmm. not tell each other what the cards were. Um, I actually got virgin and engineer. <laughs> that was quite <laughs> hilarious. I was like, okay, I have to embody the virgin. Like, that's great. Good luck. <laughs> um, and then he picked two cards and then we, um, had a separate for like half an hour. I just kind of like took shower, you know, got dressed in whatever we wanted to do to embody these roles. And the idea was like, um, we made our, we pretended our Airbnb was like a, a cocktail bar mm-hmm. and that I was coming in and it was like last call, you know, and I was like the only one at the bar or whatever. And he was the mixologist cause he's really great at, at um, making drinks. And, um, and so that was the like role. And <clears throat> so I came in and I, I didn't even know like what I would do to embody these two archetypes, but I think we started talking and I, I mentioned that I was, a um, you know, to be in our roles of like bartender flirting with the 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 woman coming in late at night and mm-hmm. and he's like you know so so what do you do um amber and i was like i'm a lingerie engineer <laughs> and he was like what does that mean and i was like making it up as i go along and i i'm like i you know i um <laughs> i i create lingerie to to represent the um, you know, the inner world of all of my clients. And he's like, Oh, fascinating. You know, like I would love to see some of these pieces. And it's like, of course, you know, and, and I just want to say like, I've had a hard day because, um, because one of my clients, uh, her husband wants her to embody uh, a virgin and, and he's not, and she's kind of like, you know, she feels a little weird about that. And, um, you know, I'm wanting to work through this and make you know, that, make sure that isn't like a, a sticky point in the relationship, whatever. And I'm just like talking. And then of course, you know, it goes into like, me the lingerie and that I you know quote unquote make um and then uh I I forget I really wish I remembered what the archetypes were that he pulled but one of them was like around oh I don't remember at all but he ended up you know in in being able to embody his naughtiness because he is actually a client who is in an open relationship mm-hmm. and his partner um, is fully aware of um, him seeing escorts. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that pretty rare. Um, yeah, so he then, 
Yeah. So then in the role play, he got to embody the opposite of that, which is actually like I'm married and she has no idea, um, mm. which is interesting because that, that was a, that was an interest of his. So, um, so then of course that happened. And then I just remember like our, our intimacy was like fucking explosive and I was so <laughs> like happy and turned on by it. And just because we got to like embody these roles and just like make up this world together. Um, so yeah, so that is probably the most fun that I've had on a date, um, this year, which was like all indoors and in like, in like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool. It's so funny. You mentioned that, that role reversal of, um, uh, of him being in a relationship where, you know, oh, his wife doesn't know because I was yeah. just, um, I was just earlier writing a script for a home wrecking fetish clip and, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's something that I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the home wrecking, the home wrecking thing is obviously it is a thing. It, it's something. I, well, I've never explored it before, and I also, it's just like it's not my thing, right? I'm not a home wrecker per se. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, um, but I was sitting there writing a script out, and I was starting to get turned on because this is such a um, a role that I have never considered for myself, except in dom play. Um, and I was just like, oh my, ooh, okay, I'm kind of getting turned on by like maybe blackmailing this married dude. And like, and, uh, and I think it's like funny how, um, you know, playing with other people's fantasies can be so fulfilling for yourself, right? Um, I think that's one of the best aspects of the job is, is, um, I think caring and, uh, empathic people are, are really susceptible to getting excited for other people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like creating yeah. worlds for them. And, and there's so much like eroticism and, and play that can come through that. So these cards, yeah. did you design them yourself? Or were, is this like a prepackaged kind of thing? Oh, no, no. The, these, this is by um, a woman named Carolyn Miss, um, who does uh, specifically work around archetypes. Um, so it's just a deck, like a, I mean, I guess you could call it like an oracle deck. Like it's not a t- Oh, okay. Um, and it just lists, it's just like, I don't know how many cards. 50 something, whatever cards of different archetypes. This deck, I've used it in so many different ways. Um, yeah, like in arguments, you know, and figuring out what archetypes you're embodying and what you like think your partner's embodying. And yeah, it's a really helpful, um, deck. Very cool. I, Amber, I, I really liked the idea of describing that date. It's like you created a container within a container and it's like a, a matryoshka doll of intimacy. <laughs> like Ooh, you just have so many layers it. of, yes. <laughs> it's just so, it sounds so fascinating to have this. Like I definitely think of work appointment as existing in a container. It's a curated yes. space that we create together where we can have this um, experience. And then within that, you've created this other container and then you can come back out of that one to then explore the intimacy of the first container. Uh, wow. But you still have like, now you're informed by the experience of that other thing that you did. And that sounds so cool. I haven't done, I haven't done that yet. It sounds very fun. I want to try now. <laughs> <laughs> it's an intimacy nesting doll. Oh my God. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. That is really cute. Yeah, I love it. And I love how, um, I, I just love the idea of it being so tailored to whoever you're with. Like that, I love the idea of something so customizable and so different each. I mean, you could play the same game with somebody and it could be different each time, which is really cool. So you can really get a lot of mileage out of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done it with anyone else yet, but I, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And it's also kind of fun too, because then you're, you're kind of guessing like, what archetypes did you pull? Like, we're going to share at the end. And then it's also <laughs> like another like 
like collusion and intimacy of like, oh yeah, I noticed when you said that, like you were probably trying to embody like this archetype and like, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm super curious about, um, your methodology when you're creating experiences for clients or like if you have a process you go or sort of how you build those containers and then how that affects or impacts the, the intimacy of those encounters. Intimacy in a broad sense, not a physical sense necessarily, but any kind. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's just so very different with everyone. Um, I definitely haven't done a lot of that kind of like role play with other clients. And then, you know, I also, I feel like the only thing that, um, or the only kind of space that would even allow for that would be something that feels a little bit more spacious, like a, like a day or, you know, even like an eight hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I think of is that, um, the shifting of the shifting of a space <clears throat> and the shifting of like your your character in that space mm-hmm. there are just a lot of different um like little ways that you can do that and um you know one of them is like uh cost like costume right so like kind of using like theatrical more theatrical terms like and saying you know like we're we're both going to um like dress up in this certain way or we're going to dress in like a different way than we ever have before and then another thing is like, you know, identity removal removers, um, mm-hmm. which I suppose in our industry never like this, you know, I mean, especially us, like we're a different identity anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like take, like getting rid of our, um, like putting our phones down, not looking at them, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe like leaving our, if we're in like a big space, like leaving our purses or things like in a separate space, um, you know, and then I think also is having the, um, or, and this is like, can be a little bit more difficult, um, with clients without kind of like setting the context, but, mm-hmm. um, having an openness to seeing something in the other person that you kind of, um, you, you don't assume is there, which I think also speaks to like, you mm-hmm. know, any kind of relationship where you, um, you know, you have habits develop or you have like assumptions about how someone's going to show up or like, what there is isn't isn't space for in the relationship Mm. and so just having like um maybe having a conversation about it or you know depending on the on the client or what the relationship is like but just having like a a wonder kind of mindset or like a curiosity like playful mindset is really helpful too um so like having a conversation about like what that means and like what does it mean to like be a different person like have you ever you know um did you ever do theater when you were younger and like what was that like and what Mm. is it like to yeah like embody that yeah, and I feel like Rara, I'm not sure you get to, I feel like you get to have these kinds of containers maybe even more than me and Simone because of your like specific work. Yeah, I'd say, um, I don't get to be as like customizable about, you know, mm. um, about my approach because of the, you know, geographical limits of being inside a club. Um, right. if I do, if I do decide to hang out with like a regular or something outside the club, I, I can be a little bit more playful and fun with it. Um, but generally, yeah, I, it's, it's convincing when, when you're a stripper, it's convincing them that it's worth the, you know, it's worth the financial investment to go and create another little experience within the experience of the club, right? Because when you're in a VIP room, uh, with just another person, um, there's not a lot of things to do there. Like there's, you know, yeah. there's, you're kind of, depending on your club, I guess, you're kind of limited by your imagination and what you can, you know, kind of grasp onto 
with your surroundings. Whereas I, if, you know, I think with, uh, in-person appointments, um, you can become a little bit more prepared, right. For like what it is that the person's looking for. Um, so I, I do get a little envious of the full service girls because, uh, <laughs> because it seems like y'all do end up having quite a bit of fun. And, uh, and I do feel a little bit Come like, kind of caged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do feel a little bit caged by the strip club sometimes and by my own aesthetic, you know? So, uh, yeah. And I do feel like it's, it is a lot more, it's almost like being a secret agent, you know, you're really just like, extracting information from people, but it's really, it's not to hurt them. It's to make the, you know, it's to make them better so uh yeah I, I definitely I definitely do work in like a container kind of setting and I prefer it that way in a lot of ways I think it's it's easier because um you know I don't hang out necessarily in the same circles with a lot of customers so I there's no risk of um of my you know vanilla life intersecting with club life too much and I kind of like it that way in a, in a sense um I'd say the only I'd, I'd say the biggest danger for uh, those two things melting together is social media because everyone's very insistent on getting your social media and my social media is very political. Um, and I feel like I've definitely lost customers from being, you know, a communist stripper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I definitely feel like I, I'm a little bit more careful about, um, about those intersecting identities just because it is, mm-hmm. um, it is not something that like, I don't like talking about politics in the strip club. Um, I, I really try to keep that out of the experience because it is just so polarizing, especially being a, a sex worker in the South, you know, in the deep South, uh, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I am in a blue dot in the South, it is very, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's more common to run into really ultra conservative guys in the club rather than, you know, these nice blue, <laughs> nice blue liberal <laughs> boys who are very bashful <laughs> and, <laughs> and intimidated by you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, 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 I enjoy it nonetheless. You know, it's got its ups, ups and downs like everything else. Oh, there was um, a book recommendation that you have, or um, I think some kind of website recommendation called, uh, what was it? Patterns of Transformation by yeah. Ida C. Benedetto. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Because that uh, I was looking it up just earlier today, and um, it seems like it's a pretty integral part of your approach to sex work. Oh, my gosh. I love her so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So she um, is in this... Uh, experience in immersive um, field and she I think she mainly she studied the intersection of I think it was um, or the similarities between sex parties um, wilderness adventures and funerals mm-hmm. um, which you know sounds like three very different things um, but she she looks at like the risk and the um, transgression that all of those have in terms of, um, how can we deeply connect in these, um, in these spaces that, that have, um, shadow and darkness and, and risk to them. Um, so yeah, I love, I love her work. Um, she, she talks about, um, you know, similar to kind of what we're talking about in terms of the, like the container, um, she calls it like the magic circle. Yeah. Which is like, 
you know, a, basically like a space that you create that's like a, a, a human centered like environment that, that you can also, um, create, uh, you know, I don't, I, in a strip club, it might be a little bit more difficult, but, um, you know, if you're in like a, an Airbnb or a home or a hotel room, like having like a certain space where you can say like, this is the space where we, um, you know, where we can be different people or we role play in this way or, you know, et cetera. And like, yeah, I think that her work in using, um, com- uh, conversation and like setting context specifically mm-hmm. for the facilitation of, of, um, I don't know. It's not always like role play, but like connections almost like through role play too, mm-hmm. because you get to drop a lot of like inhibitions. If you, if you only know, know that you can, if you know that you are, allow to show up in a certain way. I feel like sometimes other things come through that you like didn't expect that are representative of like your values or, um, you know, things you might not normally get to express in, in daily life. And mm-hmm. like the, yeah, the, the, the structures and the, um, yeah, the magic circle that she talks about and the transformation like possible within that. Um, it's something I really, really love. So I really hope that people check it out. Um, I think a lot of her work is, really relevant to to ours especially when it comes to like the fact that we are in we are in a, a society underbelly right mm-hmm. of work yeah definitely oh this i could i could talk to you both of you for hours honestly <laughs> this, it's like so it. fascinating like it's you know yeah. Yeah, like I, so Simone, actually, we were talking, you were talking about this in the last episode with your friend Lux, is how you um, have kind of, you've already started incorporating uh, something similar along with experience, uh, like mm-hmm. crafting um, with your new date structure. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Just in case. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Why? And why wouldn't they? Turn it off. <laughs> Don't listen to the other oh, one. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just listening to it before this call because I hadn't had a chance yet. And I was like, oh, man, what a fun time that was. Anyway, yeah, I just started offering um, a four-week dating series um, mm. that starts with – it's four dates over four weeks, although I'm okay with compression to shorter, but I like the idea of having – sort of that week of anticipation between each thing. I'm a big anticipation, edging, super hot, super cool. Didn't love edging politically, but like, (laughs) (laughs) in other situations, big fan. Um, So for me, like the waiting to get to see someone again is part of, part of the appeal of the dating package. But Mm -hmm. the, it's structured so that the first date, we are just talking. We don't touch at all. Um, We're just talking. And, Mm -hmm. What I like about that is that you don't need to be in a private space for that. We can go for a walk, which I love. I love situations where movement is involved. Um, I, I, I know how, sorry, I have a lot of friends who uh, maybe they need to be doing a specific activity when we hang out. And I love to just sit and talk and I love even more to move and talk. So running and talking or walking and talking, hiking, hiking, can't talk, <laughs> talking about talking, uh, hiking and talking, all these things help your brain and body, I think, move in a cohesive way, which is Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. So the first one is just talking. And then the second one is meant to be in a private space so that we can undress a little bit. Um, And what I love about this idea is it kind of brings it back to some of that strip club performance Mm -hmm. aspect and um, 
which I love, which is the, I can look, but I can't touch. Um, I think that's super hot. So it's maybe I'll, maybe I'll strip down to some cute lingerie or maybe we'll both sit naked, but we'll sit on opposite ends of the room and we're not allowed to touch each other, but we get to talk with this added visual enticement, which also means that the temptation is greater, which also means that uh, the edging is more intense. (laughs) Um, And, and then the third date would be, uh, and they all have different lengths as well to a lot for what I'm imagining we're doing during that time. So the first two dates, I think, are both one and a half hours, the second date being two hours. And that's specifically to start <clears throat> start touching each other in soft and intimate ways that are not uh, full-blown intimacy. Um, and I like this a lot because it you know, this really came, this idea came from what I was experiencing in my personal life and what I was finding was alluring to me in dating was waiting, um, mm-hmm. waiting, mm-hmm. simply waiting. Um, and it was really fun to be like, oh, we got to make out and now I have to wait a week to do anything else with you. So mm-hmm. that third date is really to truly turn the dial much higher and to see sort of what limits we can reach without going overboard. Um, and then the fourth date is four hours long. Um, wow. And that's, to give us a chance to really like go for it and explore everything and, and have a meal together and fuel up and, and <laughs> take our time with it. Cause I think it's, it's the opposite of what a lot of people look for. And maybe a one hour appointment is to just get somewhere, have a release and get out. And I want this to be not focused on, you know, uh, the, the peak of ecstasy or mm-hmm. whatever, like hopefully that happens, but also that's not the point. It's the journey much more than the destination. And if the destination happens, the idea is that it's going to be much more fulfilling and intense than if we were to just do that in a one, one day, one hour appointment. And I'm really excited about it. Um, because I think it's just going to be a much more interesting process of getting to know somebody. And I have also structured it so that we have some communication virtually during the week so that we can sort of maybe talk about our ideas or what we're thinking about, or maybe processing some of what the last experience was like. Um, and I'm so glad you asked, cause I actually just booked my first date for it. Yay. Um, and I'm really, really excited to, it's making me really excited to meet, this person because they made it really clear from the beginning that they were really interested in this exploration. And I'm just um, excited to get to experience that journey with someone else in, in this container and not having to do it just in my personal dating life, but to have a more specific explicit container for that exploration is really intriguing to me. So Hmm. I'm definitely stoked. So you need to do like a um, four part, a series where you talk about it after each date and then, and like do a summary of it. Cause that would be amazing. Yeah. For the podcast. Yeah, totally. I'll probably write some blog posts about it. I'll, I'll make sure I get his consent in terms of what details I, I end up sharing, but yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how it goes and, and where it goes. Awesome. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You are just like choreographing and guiding an experience of, you know, as you said, like a journey and about of intimacy yeah, I really, really love it, Simone. Thanks. It was a very funny process of getting there. Just, I just was looking at my dating life and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm not having sex with people <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat. You know, I'm, I'm used to doing that. I haven't, I don't always do that, but mm-hmm. historically it could go either way. And I was just noticing that the more I was making myself wait and just getting to know people first, the more gratifying that payoff was. And I Mm -hmm. just really wanted to find a way to translate that into work as well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, one, one more thing that I want to relate that to, um, patterns of transformation is that like, that is sort of like a, a repetitive transformation. Whereas like mm-hmm. one experience with someone might be like, you know, like too much or it's someone, something where someone's just, you know, get going in and like getting what they need and, and leaving. But what you're doing is like, like an experience of like repetitive transformation can have this like rich, like built upon like erotic quality about it. That's, you know, that just like promises that more will be discovered like each time you, you see them. And, and it's just, I think it's really beautiful to be putting that into words and like as an option on your website. Uh, it's funny because, you know, there are certainly clients that book, I'm sure you've experienced this where intimacy maybe isn't even their goal or maybe you never get around to yeah. it. Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. I've had clients where, we did meet several times and that didn't happen or still hasn't happened. And, and so it's not like you have to do it in this way, but it's nice to have it explicitly laid out because those instances where maybe intimacy wasn't the focus or the goal wasn't necessarily explicitly communicated beforehand. There might still be some nervousness or uh, anticipation that you don't know when or if it will be satisfied um, or you don't maybe know someone's full intention uh, or what it is that they're going for, what it is that they're looking for. And I think it's nice to be able to present a more uh, explicit option for folks, especially because I think it could be really appealing for people who maybe are interested in, in learning how to apply this to their own personal life. Um mm-hmm. And it's easier to do that if you have a structure as opposed to just, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see someone and like kind of have this vaguely in my head, but not really talk about it. And like trying to glean something in that way is going to be a lot more challenging. Yeah. Rara, you were saying earlier that, you know, we do as like full service sex workers, we have a lot, a lot more freedom in, in creating things. And I also think sometimes, you know, a client might actually want so much more or something much more structured as you're saying mm-hmm. Simone and we are just kind of like book three hours like and we'll you know we'll eat something and then we'll have sex or something you know and like and but but something that is more guided I think is something that clients are really looking for and it's not just in the like you know dom subspace where like mm-hmm. things I think are more laid out like they're like okay this is what you know this is what's going to happen and you know these right. are the boundaries and um yeah and so I really admire that and I've like done different iterations of that myself where it's like yep this state means you are going to come over you're going to bring me a bottle of Italian red wine and we're going to <laughs> like be flirtatious on the couch and and experience the um the tingling and the like eroticism of that and like and then that's all we're going to do yeah well I think we went pretty in depth with, um, with your philosophy and I really do, I really appreciate it because I, I don't, I can't speak for Simone, but I tend to blunder through my in-person sex work experiences. <laughs> and I mean, that, is, that might just be the nature of, you know, the place I work where it facilitates that kind of blundering and, uh, and messiness. But I always really appreciate when people have a more polished approach, um, a more thoughtful approach to it, because, you know, I think that the assumption, uh, especially for escorts, is that you are just kind of at the whim of the client. And I mm. think it's it's kind of this interview is very much turns that on its head and kind of gives you a lot more control. And I, I always just really appreciate uh, anyone that can show a different side of the industry like that. So so thank you for coming on and joining us because it really has been super informative and like very insightful. 
Thank you. Yeah, that reflection feels really true. And uh, yeah, and I also like really love hearing about like the things that Simone is crafting and yeah, the agency and um, the agency, yeah, just the agency that, that <laughs> we have here when, and that, that a lot of clients like really want that, like they really want yeah. us to, to guide them. And um, yeah, and I actually honestly feel, I mean, we haven't talked about like essences of like feminine and masculine, but like, mm. even though I present and am like very high femme, like mm. I am in my masculine when I do this work, like I am facilitating mm. and I am, you know, in this space of, um, you know, creating space for people to be in their emotional world and you know mm-hmm. tracking time and you know all the things we do right mm-hmm. and so yeah so it, it it i it's interesting to um to share and, and to hear your perspective simone it sounds um, pretty similar and it sounds like you also feel um fairly like empowered in your work and i'm sure there's areas you might not but yeah i definitely um i i don't know that i've considered it in terms of essences of feminine and masculine but i do enter those spaces with a feeling of uh power uh mm-hmm. and de- Definitely. I think a lot of it comes from just simply this work allows me to have more freedom than any other work has. And so knowing when I enter a space that I have the right to leave, I have the right to say no, I have the right to tell someone off if I have to. I haven't really had to, but that I have that uh, capacity gives me that feeling of control and power. And a lot of that is privilege, too. I'm able to turn down money if someone's making me feel uncomfortable. Um, I'm just lucky enough to be able to do that and that's not always the case so I think it is very unique mm-hmm. also to where the positioning of a person is economically when that when it comes to those kinds of freedoms but yeah I do, I do feel empowered in it I think coming from corporate office life that was so draining to me and now I can't imagine ever going back to it because I'm just like oh you want me to sit here for eight hours on a computer and wear <laughs> your weird gross clothes and do what it like why <laughs> that seems so <laughs> pointless so I definitely relate to that kind of sense of control. And uh, I, I do have one more question for you that's kind of off of these off of this subject, but still related yeah. to, to your business. But I'm very curious about how you I don't know if it's a marketing thing or a methods or a outward communication thing, but how is it that you've made it? so that you are doing largely longer appointments? And was there a transitional point? you know, did, did it it not start like that? And then you sort of figured something out Mm -hmm. of how to attract those kinds of clients or was it just a, you know, with experience and time and regulars, you built relationships that just transitioned uh, into that? Or was there a specific like marketing tool you used? Cause I think I run into a lot where I definitely try to encourage those and I don't even have a one hour offering on my site anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really emphasize longer appointments and, and experiences, but that doesn't stop people from trying to book the shorter ones. So I'm, I am curious about, you know, if you had a methodology or if there was a conscious intentional way that you were able to set that framework so that that was the bulk of your work. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had other people ask me that and I, I have like some answers, but it's sort of like a grab bag of answers. Like there was no like, you know, specific strategy to it. Um, one is that I just really fucking wanted it and like really genuinely want it mm-hmm. <laughs> and like want it in my life yeah. like, in, with my friendships and with like, it's the way I interact with lovers and like, it's just completely like in my my bones and in my soul. So like there's that where it's like, and I actually, I have, I mean, I've run into like plenty of sex workers who are like, Oh my God, like you want to go to an immersive theater show with a client and then do it. Like, that sounds like a nightmare. All I, all I want to do is you know, <laughs> be in my hotel and, and take 
appointments all day. And I, and like, to me, right. that doesn't, that's not what I want. And it's just, you know, so I, I right. think like just the, the craving and desire um, of that and uh, is important. And then um, also I, at this point will probably only share, like, you know how we do the, the thing on Twitter where we share a little bit about a client date mm-hmm. or something. I pretty much only share when I have long dates. So mm-hmm. in terms of like a, a marketing thing, like that's, that ends up then being like what I attract. Um, okay. So, there's so that. like the secret. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's like a secret, but yeah. And then also it's like, there's, there's more to share. Like as we've, you know, gone out and done things or they've like given me a gift or something. And um, so there's that. And then I think I just, I, I haven't advertised in a while. Um, and this is partly because of COVID. Um, and, and I, I just am pretty much on Twitter and I also, I've just really like, um, fine tuned, like where I even have my information. Like I don't put my phone number anywhere. And so I don't then receive all of the, like the texts that I used to receive, you know, at like two in the morning of like, are you available? Uh, Um, I've just taken that down. And I think like, yeah. Such a good move. Taking my phone number down. Oh, I was man. like, this is the best thing I ever did. I don't know why I ever had it up. <laughs> Screw all these people who want to call me at 3 a.m. multiple times in a row. Oh my Absolutely God. I, I get that with strip club <laughs> yeah. customers and I'm, I've stopped giving them my number and it like purposely because I just cannot handle the text, the constant texting and calling. Yeah. And are you going to be there today? Are you going to be? And it's like, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Never again, <laughs> unless you're paying me like a thousand dollars, I will not give you my number. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think also like all, all of the clients I have who do longer bookings, like they've all kind of started at like two hours or four hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that, ev- you know, I'm going to say everyone, but like almost everyone, there's something in them that they are super, super passionate about. And that like, and that makes them incredibly interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And so if I can like find that and, and like ferret that out and like figure out what like is, what is motivating them and what, like, what is their purpose or what is their, you know, like the, those deeper things, um, you know, that we've kind of been talking about, like that actually, like it really does fascinate me. And I actually come from a journalism background as well, a print journalism background. And so mm. I think that like curiosity has just very, always been very natural in me. Um, and I think those things give a lot of like life and fire to those kinds of appointments. And then like, you know, if we had more time, we could like have more conversations, obviously more intimacy, but like also, you know, like diving more deeply into something. And it's, it is really like, and I mean, I'm not even just saying this because like, it's like a client facing thing, but it is really fucking sacred to me to like mm-hmm. develop a deep connection with someone and like understand a human in this way. And like in that respect, like I then like look forward more to like spending time with these clients because I, because they've revealed their like some of their essence to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I look forward to seeing the clients that have spent longer amounts of time with me that I've just been able to have genuine, really nice conversations with and felt like I started to really see that person and that they were Mm -hmm. at least attempting to really see me in whatever Mm -hmm. way I've allowed them to. Um, You know, it's a little different because I can't, for safety reasons, show them everything. But yeah. If you make that attempt to see what I am showing you, that that goes a long way. And it makes me genuinely fucking excited to go to work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, work is work sometimes and we don't always love yeah. it. And but it's so much more compelling and it's a relief when those people reach out. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yay. I missed you. Actually, I was totally wanting to see you again mm-hmm. um, because our conversations were good 
or we have a really fun time together or whatever it is. Maybe the chemistry is just really good and that's fun. So yeah, I don't know that resonates. Thank you so much, Amber, for being with us. And let's, um, let's, let's do some plugs so we can, uh, get some eyes on your yeah. profile and, uh, you know, hopefully connect you with some like-minded people that want to spend some time with you. So, um, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah. Um, so on Twitter, I'm just meet Amber Delice and my last name is D E L I C E. Mm-hmm. And then that's my website as well. It's com. And yeah, I think that's probably it. Thank you so much. And um, uh, Simone, Thank we'll you. do our plugs another time.